All right, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is the Golf and Filter Podcast. I am your host, as well as my two co-hosts, Nikki and Dan. My name's Adam. Hello, everyone. Nikki, how are you today? Welcome back from vacation. Yes, thank you so much. I um, it's it's good to be back. Um, and hoping that the golf world will slow down a little bit <laughs> this week. Um, although of course now it would be par for the course for it to slow down now that I'm actually home and able to focus on what's going right. on. So. Yeah, good to be back. Yeah. We will definitely talk about some of those topics as well that we caught you on vacation. Dan, you went and played golf today in the in 90 degree heat. How are you today? Are you hydrated? <laughs> it was a balmy one. I just got back, uh, got the Gatorade here. So we're going to go ahead and work on some rehydration. But uh, yeah, it was a hot one. Um, the course was empty for the most part because it was a hot one. And also it was a Monday, but uh, right. Shot a 97, but it was a 97 on aerated green. So I feel like it's not your average uh, 97. So I'll take it. There you go. That's all you can. That's all you can hope for. I've realized, folks, that I have done a really poor job of uh, shouting out to our sponsors, the one that help us pay the bills and keep the lights on in this place. So let me just take a couple minutes and remind everyone that we are powered by Bridgestone Golf. Our friends over there, they are our title sponsor now for the yes, for the podcast. Uh, as well as Cog Hill Golf and Country Club, of course. You guys know that they've been long-term partners, as well as our friends over at Sharp Focus Nutrition. And you can hear, learn more about them. Uh, past episodes that we've done with uh, Sharp Focus as well, they got a great little system that will keep you in the game and playing your best while you're on the course. So now that I have finally remembered to do that, I think we can talk <laughs> about some of the golf that happened over the weekend, of course. The U.S. Open... The third major of the year on the men's side took place. It was almost really exciting. There were a lot of narratives that were going around, especially the resurgence of Ricky Fowler, I think would be fair to say. We're going to talk about all this stuff, but Nikki, you were at Hilton Head Island. You were watching golf as much as you could. Your initial impressions first. Well, we we're we're big Ricky fans, um, and we... I know I've talked about this before about how we were at the masters in, in 2018 and how we were like there on the, on the 18th green. And we were like, just, you know, Oh, is he going to do it? Is he going to close this out? And then he just didn't. And like, I got that same feeling in my gut watching him on Sunday being like, Oh my God, is this, is this it? Is this going to happen? Is he finally going to close this out? And then he started like making pars and then making bogeys and then just like, not getting it anywhere close to where it needed to be. And I'm just like, oh my God, it's happening again. And it just, I had that same feeling in my gut of like, oh no, oh no. But he got there. Like yeah. he was there because last year he, he was waiting to play all day as an alternate and then didn't get to like tee it up and didn't get to play in the tournament at all. So he was there. So that's still a huge accomplishment. It just still kind of, like uh, you want it for him so bad, you know? So I don't know. I felt, I, I feel bad saying that I was disappointed in the outcome. Cause it's still exciting having like essentially a no namer win, but I mean, to say what everybody's thinking, that's not really, we wanted either Ricky or Roy to win after <laughs> right. the way the leaderboard was on Saturday night. Totally. I'm right there with you, Dan. How about you? When you were watching it, felt about Ricky did you want Rory to win I it was it was basically it was like it needed to be Ricky or Rory or even Scotty like I, I it's great to win him Clark won 
His story's fantastic. His mom dying when he was in college, and she's the one that turned him on to the game, and he thought about quitting, and then he decided to come back. I mean, it's a great story. Don't get me wrong, but golf sickos like us aside, for the, that casual golf viewer that tunes in maybe four or five times a year, they saw Rory, Ricky, and Scotty Scheffler, and they're like, oh, yeah, those guys. And it's like, well, who's Wyndham Clark? So, you know, it, it's it's nothing against him, but I feel like Ricky would have been a great story because he's finally working his way back up. You know, he was one of the guys that was very vocal about, yeah, I could have taken that Saudi money. I thought really hard about taking that Saudi money because my game's not where it was anymore. And it would have been really easy for me to just say, yeah, I'll take 75 million and basically be a part-time golfer. Uh, And he didn't. So that would have been a great story as, you know, finalizing his way, working his way back up to the top. And then of course, being the first major since this merger Mm -hmm. uh, would have been great had it been Rory for that reason as well, too. Not to mention the fact that it's been, what, since 2014 since his last major. So, you know, he's he's had a bit of bad luck at these majors as of late, too. And then, of course, you know, Scotty Scheffler just being Scotty Scheffler as of late. But uh, Wyndham won it. It's fine. It's great. You know, it's going to be one of those uh, trivia question uh, U.S. (laughs) Open winners, I feel like, here in a couple of years because it's going to be like, oh, yeah, Wyndham Clark did win that one that – Nobody was really at at LA Country Club a couple years ago. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's right. keep going. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not seeing Wyndham Clark. No offense to him, uh, even though I know he's not listening to this, but I don't see him as a multiple major winner. I think he's going to be maybe a Jason Duffner or, you know, uh, of that ilk moving forward. But I could be wrong. I mean, obviously, Wyndham Clark, he had his first PGA Tour win a little bit earlier in the year, playing extremely well. I mean, on that course, which really was just overpowered, I think it was fair to say. Two record-breaking rounds by Ricky Fowler and Xander Schauffele in round one. L.A. Country Club, in your guys' opinion, I mean, Nikki, let's start with you. Do you think as far as we've seen the charter, uh, charter, we've seen the chatter, we've seen the opinions on social. I mean, uh, did L.A. Country Club hold its own? Was this a cool venue for this National Open? The only thing I'm going to say is that every time they showed Lionel Richie's house, like in the background or pointed out that it was Lionel Richie's house. The only thing I could think of was all of the like, get ready with me videos or makeup tutorials that I've seen Sophia Richie do on like Instagram or something. Um, And I mean, yeah, that that's pretty much the only thing I really have to say about the course. Um, I know there's been a lot of commentary about how, um, you know, Oh, there's no fans. And Oh, it was like the, the corporate open and you guys know how I love Augusta and I don't like to talk bad right. about them, but like, have you been to Augusta? <laughs> I mean, um, they have Berkman's place like mm-hmm. for that exact reason. Um, you know, so it's, I don't know. I'm, it, it's gotten better in past years. They've opened up um, more tickets for people for a reason, but I, I don't know. I think um, there was a, a golf.com reporter who tweeted something that I thought was funny about like, you know, Oh, upsetting to hear about all the accusations that that this U S open and this country club is like catering to like a small group of wealthy white people, you know, which is (laughs) no different from all the rest of golf's recorded history up until this point. Um, which. Yep. Yeah. I think our friend Chris McEwen even said something was like, Oh, white guys are being excluded. Hmm, Weird. That's Uh like, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like the the gift from the office. This is a white. Um, yeah. <laughs> totally. Dan, uh, your impressions of L.A. Country Club. 
uh, all I'll say about it is it's a good thing they've already got it locked in for 2039 because that's the only way they're going to see another U.S. Open again. And it wouldn't shock me between now and then if the U.S. Open started shopping that date back around. Or the USGA, yeah. I'm sorry, started shopping that date back around. Uh, that's nothing against the course itself. I thought the course itself was actually a fun little U.S. Open course. I know some of the players didn't necessarily agree with that. I thought it was a fun little course. However, if you are going to be a country club or private facility who wants to host the biggest golf tournament in the United States and then say that nobody can come, then maybe you shouldn't be a host of said biggest golf tournament in the United States and then say nobody can come. Um, right. Reports from the tournament said there were about 4,500 people a day on site that were the quote unquote general public. Uh, everyone else on site was either a member of the club or they were in corporate hospitality suites. Also that same report said that, if it had been up to LA country club, there would have been a grand total of zero members of the general public on the property. They actually tried to buy up every single ticket and basically make it where only their own members could attend. And uh, the USGA was like, no, you can't do that. The fact that the USGA even let them buy up half 4,500, they let them buy up 4,500 a day. Even the fact that they let them do that uh, was pretty shameful. If you really break it down to what it really i mean it's the united states open and you do not let the united states public in then why is it there yeah yeah that was a little that was very annoying too you know just to hear those reports coming out and and of course if uh, you've ever been to la you know that traffic is terrible but then there were also people saying like well yeah traffic's awful it's it's we're renowned for bad traffic but there's also a lot of parking around and there were entire parking lots that were empty you know i saw a tweet i forget by who uh, said something of that uh, to that degree as well. I just love the fact that Hugh Hefner built a zoo behind the 14th tee and you could hear the monkeys and you can hear everything else just you know going off in the back of the camera and microphones during the telecast. That is just I'll hilarious say, to me. I'll say this too really quick as far as that the the traffic debate uh, down here in South Florida, we have some pretty pretty bad traffic too. And uh, every year the Honda Classic comes to town and they don't really have trouble filling that place up day mm -hmm. from sunup to sundown. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore, but even the years when Doral hosted that WGC event, they didn't have a ton of trouble getting people uh, inside the gates at a reasonable time every day. So, yeah, I, I agree. The traffic obviously is really bad, and we see it a lot of times down here with heat games and other sporting events. But if the public were actually allowed in, they would have figured out a way to beat that traffic and, and get in there at some point during the day. You saw yeah. that crowd in Eastlake when Tiger won the tour championship and – Atlanta traffic's a disaster. <laughs> yep. Yep. So I don't think, totally. I don't think they can really blame it all on traffic. So. Right. Fair enough. I think the, uh, the private member, the members of the club buying up half of the tickets is just ridiculous. And, you know, uh, I think uh, Monday Q Ryan uh, tweeted something like, you know what, despite all these logistical things that people are blaming whatever on, you'd think in the 10 years that they announced the site, they would have figured something out. But clearly it was an interesting thing to watch, especially since, you know, most of us in the central time zone, you guys are in the East coast watching West coast golf. Those first tee times, there may have been 10 people around the opening tee shots. It was really odd, but you know, at the end of the day, we got to see the national championship and we saw Rory McIlroy once again contending for another major. Maybe let's talk about Rory for a little bit here. I mean, we're not going to go down the path, or at least I won't. You guys are have, uh, more than welcome to. Obviously, closing out tournaments has been a, a thing for him recently, especially when he's got a wedge in his hand. He's just for some reason got the yips on a Sunday. But 
he's still there. He's still showing up. Yes, it's been nine years since he's won a major, but he is still in contention seemingly every single time. Dan, what do you make of Roy right now, the state of his game, in addition to everything else that he's doing as the quote-unquote face of the PGA Tour? Yeah, I I don't... It, it's probably a little more than a coincidence that he had one of his better performances in a major, certainly this year, if not even in the last couple of years, basically the week after where he was like, I'm done talking to people. I'm done meeting with the media. I'm done talking about live. I'm done, done talking about this merger. I'm even done talking about the PGA tour. I am just going to go out and play golf now. And um, yeah, he didn't, he didn't finish it this week, but I don't think it's a coincidence that he had one of his better performances in a major since basically throwing his ups, arms in the air and saying, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm done with all of you people. I'm going to go play golf now. So uh, I think if he can figure out a way to maintain that new balance that he seems to have found for this week, as far as being a golfer and then everything else going on in the world, uh, I think it's only a matter of time. And we might even see it here in another couple of weeks. He might do it at the open. Uh, if not, I think he'll definitely uh, get one here next, uh, next year. It, it won't be very long until he wins another one again. Well, we've talked about this before. I don't think that, well, at least for this past couple of years, I don't think that that's necessarily been up to him. I think that a lot of that pressure has been put on him to, to care about everything else that's been going on in right. the golf world and be the spokesperson or in his own words, the sacrificial lamb mm-hmm. for the golf world and the PGA tour. And I think as we've clearly seen, it's not doing him any favors And, you know, like you pointed out when he said, you know what, not dealing with it, not going to give any comments, not going to talk about it and just going to just going to play. And I'm I'm curious if I have a conspiracy theory that that Tiger was involved in that advice because we Mm -hmm. have not heard from Tiger yet. We have still not heard from Tiger. And I think um, we aren't going to hear from Tiger. I don't think. Tiger's going to give his opinion on it at all. Um, And I think that that's probably the smartest thing. Um, We probably don't need to hear Tiger's opinion at this point. Um, But I think the fact that he hasn't said anything, like he gave Roy advice to say, you know what, you don't need to say anything anymore. Everybody already knows where your stance is. They've known what your stance is the whole time. Just go and play golf. And so whether Tiger gave him that advice or not, I don't know. I mean, Roy could have just figured that out on his own, but um, still, I think, you know, like you pointed out, it clearly helped his game because it's all season long. It's been, he'll, he'll be right there. He'll be finishing second, you know, in a big tournament. And then the next week he'll miss a cut and he'll play Mm -hmm. terribly, you know, like he, the, the, what was it? The Arnold Palmer, he was so close. And then it was like the players he did disastrously. So it was like, you know, is this something where it's like, okay, he did so well this week, but then, you know, next week we're going to see him do bad again. I don't know. Can he keep the same kind of, I'm just a golfer. I'm no longer like the, the sacrificial lamb anymore. Who knows? But right. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see not only how he rebounds from another runner up finish. Uh, Obviously he's going to be a heavy favorite. I would assume uh, going in, to uh, the Open Championship, the last major of the year. This is the first time that the three of us have actually been on the same call for a uh, post-merger, whatever this thing ends up being. The partnership, the merger, I know that in the last episode, we were able to capture some thoughts about what we all had uh, regarding the news that broke out of nowhere. But we've all since learned a lot 
since then, we now know that the Department of Justice might actually block this from happening. Who knows what's going to happen? Jay Monahan has a mysterious secretive health issue that, you know, hopefully he's okay, obviously, but, you know, it's hard to not think about, all right, well, that the merger was announced in secret or planned in secret, and now all of a sudden Jay's gone and we're not hearing from Tiger. And so, as golf fans as a whole, and Nikki, I'll go back to you on this to start. What are we supposed to do to make sense of this while also just go back to being fans of the game? When you and I talked while you were on vacation, you were kind of saying like, you don't really know how to take this right now. Has anything changed in your mind regarding all this news? No, I still don't have a clue what's going on. I know nothing. <laughs> like, right. I feel more confused than I did before, especially like, like you just pointed out, like now we don't have like Jay Monahan is like out of the picture. And now the, like the government's getting involved. And like, I, I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and I just, I just want to watch golf and know what's like, who's going to be playing in the tournament. I mean, Brooks made a comment in his presser about like a, cheeky comment about like thanks guys see you next week at the travelers and like kind of winked and like it was funny everybody laughed but like I left thinking like hang on the, it is he playing in the travelers like can <laughs> can he play in the travelers is he allowed to yet what the, have they said the rules is there a tournament in which they're like okay this is when you guys can start who what what are the rules have they said I mean, I know that they outlined some sort of date, but like, do the players even know? Are they just finishing out their live year with live? Can are they allowed to play both now? I'm not even kidding when I say that when the tour released on Friday afternoon, you know, they how they do every Friday, and I usually see it on Twitter the 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 list of players who are playing that that following week. I legitimately pulled it up and looked for Brooks' name. I'm not even kidding you because I'm like, this guy's joking, but watch him not be joking because we truly know right. nothing. So, like, I legit, I literally was like looking, you know, because it's in alphabetical order. I'm like, K, 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 okay, no, he's not in. And I'm like, all right, ha, ha, ha. But like, for a minute, I was like, this guy might be playing chess while we're all playing checkers and things that we're joking. And then he's going to show up and it's like, oh, okay, cool. Because, like Nikki said, we truly still know nothing. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Yeah, the whole thing's been wild. I uh, Like you guys, I don't know anything either. And it seems like this goes... 
the level of not knowing anything goes pretty deep, even up to golf royalty. I mean, Tom Watson just today, I believe it was in Golf Digest, penned an opinion article that I think I shared in our group chat. And he basically just reiterates in uh, very eloquent words. I, he doesn't know what's going on. He had literally two paragraphs. Every sentence were just ended in a question mark. And he asked very poignant questions as far as, all right, well, what does it mean for this? What does it mean for that? Um, did anyone even think about this? I think one thing that we do know, or at least we can assume and, and probably be correct, is that there wasn't a lot of forethought in this. It was more or less the PGA Tour, as we've again learned more as, it, as it's come out, it was hurting financially. I've heard things, and I know that both of you have too, where on top of the, the, PI, the PIP, as well as the elevated events, as well as the bonuses under the table that we all kind of know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge happened, the tour was going broke. They needed money. And then suddenly we, we hear this surprise news of this partnership, merger, whatever, with the PIF. I mean, Dan, do you think, we know that Jay Monahan hasn't handled this well, but will we see him again? Has he just made so many mistakes that he's gone? I, I don't. I, I think so. Yeah, I think that this is. I'm not necessarily going to go so far as to say he faked this ailment, but I think that the timing of it was possibly convenient, or at the very least, he's going to say, "You know what? I'm just. I'm out of the picture now." because I'm recovering from this and I'm just going to stay out of the picture. I mean, you, you touched on it a little bit a minute ago, but if reports that we've been seeing are to be believed, they had already spent upwards of $50 million just on court costs and legal fees for fighting the Saudis. Right. Not to mention the about a hundred million dollars that they were also spending in, like you mentioned the PIP, the Wyndham top 10, the FedEx cup, the un, whatever payments they were also doing. Um, they obviously had to come up with a lot of the money for the elevated event purses, because as we've also learned, Honda wasn't the only sponsor that was getting pretty annoyed and was threatening to, well, in the case they did threatening to, you know, take their checkbook and go home. Right. Um, there were a lot of other sponsors that the tour reportedly or essentially was trying to say, Hey, we need more money from you guys. If you want to be an elevated event to cover the cost of these uh, higher purses. And these sponsors were saying, and what, Okay, and what are we getting out of this? Because if I tell you no, and we're not a non-elevated event, we're still a tour event. So what right. is our incentive mm -hmm. to now cut you a check for twenty million instead of ten million? And so, and Adam, you and I talked about this on that episode where um, when Nikki was gone, um, where the money is coming from aside, the tour needed money. It just mm -hmm. is. I guess unfortunate that they went to this the, the they went to the oil well literally yeah. um that they had been bad mouthing for the last uh two years or so i don't know how how they are so broke because they charge so much money for them sawgrass splashes at the players <laughs> and that people were drinking them everywhere i don't i don't understand where's that money going that's a good question. That's a great question. Well, in, in all seriousness, too, I mean, you could have paid for that that purse just off of those sawgrass splashes. I mean, I had I several mean, myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we should call. Nikki's like, out here it. keeping the uh, keeping the tour alive from a financial. Yeah. I paid at least one of them lawyer fees, like <laughs> the, the Dunnigan boost over at Sawgrass. Yeah. 
Oh man. Yeah. Well, it's the fact that we even have to talk about this stuff, at least in my opinion is just ridiculous too, because you know, golf unfiltered as we know, and we've talked about even on the side, you know, we're not like breaking news. We're not, you know, golf digest. We don't try to be, but we're also golf fans at heart. And we want to talk about where all the, what all the people are talking about. And and this is an instance where we have to talk about things like finances and, you know, all stuff that we really shouldn't be concerning ourselves about. You want to have this, this trust that the leadership of the tour knows what they're doing. And I think what we've all seen, and certainly the players, if we are to believe what happened in that players meeting at the RBC, uh, they don't trust leadership at all. John Rahm has said as much, and he said so in the uh, opening press conferences leading up to this uh, last weekend or the major. I mean, is an overhaul, Nikki, going to happen? Do we care? Is that going to impact anything as far as your fandom? I mean, I'm still going to watch golf, and that's the problem is I'm I'm still going to watch golf. I'm still going to care about certain players. Um, it stinks because the, the past year and the way certain players have made decisions about which tours to go to and things, it has – changed my opinion about them and the decisions that they have made um, and the choices and just their attitudes about it, to be perfectly honest. Um, But I'm still going to watch golf. I just don't know what that means in terms of how I'm going to watch it, where I'm going to like get the golf, like in what, like how, how, what that's going to look like. I guess. Right. Um, and, you know, I, I, the details, I guess, don't really matter um, outside of, you know, giving me something to gossip about on the side. But when it comes down to, you know, sitting down on the weekend to watch the tournament, I'm still going to watch. Hmm. Dan, you feel the same way? I think the thing that I've found the most interesting out of all this since the merger was announced is the how kind of the narrative around some of these live golfers has already started to change. Mm. Um, take away the ones who from the beginning, either people didn't like the, the Bryson's and the Brooks's of the world, or you take the ones who made some really just dumb comments in the beginning, the, the Ian Poulter's and the Lee Westwood's of the world. But you look at some of the, some of the guys who were either just, haven't talked much, didn't talk much, or basically said, yeah, I did it for the money. So you look at like Brooks, DJ, Cam Smith. I feel like we saw at the, at the Masters and even a little bit at the PGA, we saw them to an extent, but it was even then it was kind of like, oh, those are the live guys. But I feel like in the lead up to the U.S. Open this week and even during coverage, we, we just saw them like we would have seen them in the old days, pre-live days. It was just, it, it, I feel like it, the narrative and even the way people have been talking about these guys, it's like, oh, yeah, like when Brooks won the PGA, it was like, it was like, oh, live golfer Brooks. It was just, oh, yeah, Brooks won another major. Like, so I think that for some of those guys, this has actually helped them in the court of public opinion, because I think that people like us are saying, OK, well, if the tour sold out for the money, then can we really be mad at these guys anymore for selling out for the money? They just went ahead and did a little bit earlier. Uh Obviously, you still have your guys that are still going to be incredibly polarizing. I didn't mention Phil, obviously, is still very much on that list of polarizing, but he's also another one who said some pretty 
uh, outlandish things. He also may go down in history as being the most right person when this is all said and done. Not necessarily that he's going to become a fan favorite again, but he might be the one that's like, oh my God, Phil was right from the beginning. And time will tell on that. We have plenty of time to figure that one out about it. But yeah, I just, I I found it interesting that I feel like um, a lot of golf fans seem to be accepting Brooks, DJ and and Cam Smith and some of those guys that have just kind of kept their heads down and under the radar now um, these last few weeks. I think what helped Brooks the most was how well he played in Augusta. Then you had the well first you had the netflix documentary then you had how well he played in augusta then you had the pga championship then the merger announcement so then it's like you had a lot of like a lot of let's show this old other side of brooks and oh let's not forget that now we're going to announce that he's about to be a dad in there too like you have this whole let's show this whole other side of brooks and then we make the merger announcement and so, like, there's there's a lot of, I don't know, like, let's slowly start changing the opinion, kind of, before we make that merger announcement. But but I think you're absolutely right about, like, like DJ, for example. Like, DJ just flew under the radar. Like, yeah, he made that, like, hey, I'm, not, I'm peacing out on the PGA Tour, like, I'm resigning or whatever letter. But, like, he just kind of, like, flew under the radar, very DJ-esque, just like, I'm just going to do whatever I'm going to do, kind of about <laughs> DJ. And like, <laughs> and, you know, but after the merger announcement, it's like, oh, hey, we're going to start showing DJ a little bit more now. And like, I don't think anybody ever had a true bad opinion of him, but people were just like, mm, I, don't, I don't know that we should talk about him because of Liv. People had some strong opinions about, other folks but like Mm -hmm. there was a lot of like we're just not really going to talk about him because of who he's associated with yeah yeah that's interesting too because with the live guys it's almost weird as i was watching the open with dustin johnson with his aces logo and even pat reed and and even cam smith had his little live golf emblem on his his collar it was the first time that they were in the mix along with a bunch of amateurs and the PGA tour insofar as look, this is the entire golf landscape playing in a tournament, the U S open. It's the whole point of the open, right? We're going to see a little bit of that too at the, the open championship, the British open in a little bit. And I found myself sitting back kind of tying this all together, not knowing where any of this is going not knowing who's in charge. We understand that Jay Monahan is supposed to be the CEO of some entity. They're calling new co, which is like the code name for it. But I'm sitting there and I'm thinking like, look, can't we just watch golfers? You know, can we, we could still have the opinion of Phil Brooks, Bryson, whatever, you know, Ian Poulter, all them guys. We can also have the opinion of Rory, Xander, Patrick Cantlay, hell, Wyndham Clark. I mean, and it's, it's gotten to a point now where I'm like, look, maybe in a weird way, this whole thing is just going to blow up spectacularly. However, it ends up blowing up and it's going to bring us back to the way it should have been all along. Just us watching golfers play golf, you know? And I think even uh, to reference again, Tom Watson's article, he even said, yes, Saudi Arabia money is in every walk of life, whether we know it or not, it's everywhere. If we're just going to accept it, then let's just say, you know what? Yes. There's all the morality things that we've talked about ad nauseum on this show. There's all the things about you can support that or not. The fact of the matter is 
what's most important in this regard as far as golf fans? Okay. Is it to get back to just enjoying it from a professional standpoint, knowing that there's an entire game out there that Nikki, Dan, and Adam can go play whenever we want, and it has nothing to do with any of that drama that's going on. You know, and I think what I'm trying to say is we all have the choice to kind of get to that point and choose our level of entertainment. I've had a friend that that often says we always choose our level of engagement with anything, whether it be catching up with an old college friend or or family member or whatever you haven't seen. But I think that also applies to an instance like this, where if we want to engage in that stuff on social, it's there for us. We could do that. But we could also just sit back and say, look, I want to go out and just go to the driving range. I'm playing golf, you know, so not really sure where I was going with that, but it just seems like there's this whole element where we don't need to get wrapped up in that. I, I don't know. And, and as we think more about the remainder of this season, I know that we're all planning hopefully to go to Atlanta to kind of meet up for the first time face to face, at least uh, me with you two um, to go to the tour tour championship. Nikki, as far as between now and the end of the year, we've got one major left. We've got a lot of stuff that we want to talk about on Golf Unfiltered. Where where are you leaning towards in terms of, you know what, this is what I expect from my golf fandom overall. Not just professional game, but is it just, is it, you know, because uh, not to get too personal, you've got a young son who you would love to get into the game. I know that because we've talked about it. Is that something that you want to focus on? Well, I mean, obviously, um, I just, I want to go back to when I say, ugh, Ian Poulter, it's people know that it's because of his actions in the Ryder Cup and Mm -hmm. not because of live golf. Like, because I have disliked Ian Poulter pre-live golf um, because of Ryder Cup. Like, and that is because, and that, and I feel like that that should be the way that it is. Like, because I live in the U.S. Like, of course, I'm going to root for like the U.S. Ryder Cup team. Um, but I feel like that's that's my my golf goal at this point is for like to get back to that and to, I guess, feel that way about the players. And like, I don't know, and, and get back to the point where like when somebody mentions Sergio to not be like, Ugh, and to maybe and to maybe be a little more like, I guess, maybe re- remember like seeing him win the masters and being there in person and not like, you know, be as like, ew, you know, mm-hmm. about it. But then again, I don't know. I don't know if I will ever like there's, there's some bridges that you can't unburn. So I, I don't know. True. True that Dan, how, how are you feeling about things? I mean, between now Listen, and I, I, I play golf today. I can promise you that none of what we're talking about right now was discussed on the golf course today. We were, listening to music. We were hitting golf shots. We were cursing when our shots didn't go where we didn't want them to, you know, um, that's not going to change for me. Uh, this Adam, you and I were talking about this briefly before we started recording. This is my time of the year down here in South Florida where I play a lot of golf because the, uh, part-timers down here, the snowbirds, whatever you want to call them, they've gone back to the Northeast. They have, they have given our golf courses back to us. So now despite the hundred degree heat, we can go out and play golf and it's not very expensive. We can go out and have fun. You can zip around there in two and a half, three hours and enjoy your day. So that's not going to change for me. If anything, this summer, I'm going to be, this is the time where I'll be playing more golf. I might be watching less golf on TV, but I promise you I'll be playing more actual 
golf, which like you talked about, that's what it really comes down to at the end of the day. It's not watching the golf. It's actually going and playing golf. So uh, I'll be doing plenty of that. Obviously I'm excited about the uh, open championship. I get into it probably a little too much every single year that week leading up to Thursday, I get my body trained to be on British time. I get up at, every day. My alarm gets earlier and earlier until come Thursday. I'm up at two thirty, three in the morning, Ooh. uh, sitting on my couch watching golf. I might take that nap around 10 or 11 and then, you know, we're right into the afternoon wave. So, uh, I'm very much looking forward to that, but I'm also very much looking forward to getting out and actually playing a lot of golf this summer as well. Good for you, man. Good for you. So can we expect uh, group chat tweet highlights at three in the morning from Dan Hauser as we do every oh, you'll morning? You'll be getting them from me. You, you guys might not be awake <laughs> and see them, you know, a couple hours later when you get up, but you can promise, I can promise you, you will be seeing that for me whenever you do wake up. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I, I uh, just not to pick on Dan, but I, I love uh, when you say I did not have that on my bingo card and I think we should do a feature. It was like, what is on Dan Hauser's bingo card? Because I mean, man, <laughs> you're just... <laughs> Um, to get back to the, uh, to the, the things outside of golf or, uh, you know, in addition to pro golf, uh, another Bridgestone brand partner, uh, St. Andre golf, um, they've been on the show, uh, super hilarious. Obviously a lot of people listening to this probably have seen them. Our own Nikki Dunnigan made a, made a cameo or two <laughs> at a, at a St. Andre, uh, what would you call it? Skit? recently they were down in the air they were down in atlanta right nikki well they're based out of atlanta yeah okay yeah and um yeah they were working on some stuff with top golf and um aaron uh needed some extra folks um for a shoot and i was like i got the day so i joined <laughs> I him i joined him down at top golf and and um spent the day down there and yeah it was it was fun yeah so yeah um yeah be sure to go check out there it's on their account and top golf's account i think but see if you can find me well there. i'm gonna give you some hints so here's one oh. <laughs> there's a there's a pan where they're looking at the bar and top golf you could see our own nikki dunnigan looking up at a tv acting very very professional watching tv as a what, what, now what time it of wasn't day acting was i was actually watching it they had golf on <laughs> so was this morning like what, what's behind the scenes here are you drinking it was- at like we were, it was 9am. And so, you know, they, yeah. they want, you know, you got to have it looking official so that you the do. drinks are all open. Definitely. And then later on in the, in the uh, clip, you could see Nikki kind of like to the right in the, in the frame here looking at, uh, you'll have to see the story in the context of uh, what was actually happening, but yeah, you'll have to look close. There were a couple cameos from our very own GU's Nikki Dunnigan. So it's, it's uh, very funny. They It was well-written. They did a great job with it, um, as they do with everything. Um, absolutely. You know, the, they toe the line of um, funny and absurd, um, but yeah, it's great. Definitely. And Dan, you've got something coming up here in a couple weeks for the uh, Steph Curry underrated golf tour. I think you're going to actually go out and see what they got going on. And was it West Palm Beach? Yeah, so that's actually going to be next week. So be oh, yeah. on the lookout uh, for some content we'll be doing out of there. Uh, the Steph Curry underrated golf tour. They're getting ready to start their second season. And the uh, opening event is down here in South Florida at the brand new uh, park, the park in West Palm Beach, which um, we saw Tiger at a couple weeks ago, helping do the honorary ceremonies of, of the grand, the grand opening of it. So that'll be fun. Um, yeah. So we'll see kind of what, um, 
what entails with that. I don't want to start, I don't want to make any promises yet, but I'm hoping sure. to talk to some pretty cool people uh, that will hopefully be able to, to, you know, feature here on an upcoming podcast or uh, do, do some yeah. fun content with them. So that'll be, that'll be exciting here. And that'll be uh, next week. And to be fair uh, to Nikki and Dan, I did not talk to them about either of those two things. I just did it. And so <laughs> that's why they weren't, if they didn't seem uh, like, like, Oh no, Adams, what is he talking about? Um, the underrated golf tour is a really cool thing too. And we'll talk more about it, obviously, Dan, when you have the chance to talk to them, they were at Cog Hill last year. Um, just super cool to see these, these younger golfers that could just wipe the floor with everyone. <laughs> I mean, they're just unbelievably talented and the whole mission behind the underrated golf tour as well is just super, super cool. And certainly in alignment with, I know what the three of us like to do uh, and think and feel as well. So uh, more to come on that from Dan as well. So, all right, folks, uh, any parting thoughts at all regarding the open or anything that we didn't cover uh, before we let our listeners go? Um, this week is the travelers, right? It is. It That's is another one, elevated but... event, right? Another, another yeah. elevated event right after a major. We're doing this again. <laughs> I'm sure that will go fine and everything. will be, You know, what? just no drama for a week, I think. And which was good. The U.S. Open didn't have any ridiculous drama I can think at, of. At the, at the very least, the travelers can't have any worse attendance. So they have that already going <laughs> for them and they haven't even started the week yet. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Xander Shoffley, I believe, is the defending champion there. Um Played okay at the open, but we'll we'll see if he can uh, rise to the occasion again. Uh, anything else? Anytime anybody mentions the Travelers, all I can think about is that one year where they had that like insanely long playoff between um, yes. Harris English and um, who was that? Uh, Kramer Hickok. Yep. That went like eight or nine holes or something. Um, and I know they were talking last week about how they had to like play in the dark on Saturday and how like, yep. and I was like, yeah, they had to do that at a, at a playoff last year because it, it just kept going and going and going. But yeah, that's, that's what I think about every time somebody mentions the, the travelers. Definitely. I, real quick too. I did find it interesting. They were complaining about having to play in the dark um, coming home Saturday. Are, is it, are we already that, is our attention span already so short that we're going to forget that PGA from a couple of years ago with Phil and Rory where they literally right. were in the dark? Like they were playing so much in the dark that the cameras couldn't even make it seem lighter than it was. Like mm -hmm. we're just going to forget that that happened at a, at a PGA championship. I know it was several years ago at this point, but let's not pretend that even at a major that's never happened before. I remember that one too, because Phil was like, I'll keep playing. Let's just keep playing. Cause of course yeah. Phil <laughs> would say that. He's yeah. Ugh, God, I need to like, <laughs> I need to get away from the microphone before I go down that path. <laughs> All right. Well, for Nikki Dunnigan, for Dan Hauser, um, this is Adam Fonseca, Golf Unfiltered. Uh, be sure, let me go back to my little button here. Be sure to follow us on Golf Unfiltered on all the social media platforms. And of course, you could see our personal uh, at accounts underneath our name here for those of you watching on YouTube. And go and give us a follow on YouTube as well. So uh, we'll be back again next week. Take care of yourselves. Go low. Hit them straight. <laughs>